So here you are, too foreign for home, too foreign for here, and never enough for both. From Yawa, this is Two Takes on the Pod. Hello and welcome to Two Takes on the Pod. My name is Osai. And my name is Fulari. This is our podcast where we give you two takes on our theme of the moment. And... On this episode, if you can't already tell what the theme is, it's <laughs> blackness. Yeah, black awareness propaganda, baby. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, I mean, we are, you know, it is the period. Mm-hmm. We, this is the time that we should be talking about it. And yeah, happy Black History Month. You exactly, know? man. Yeah. Uh, if, you know, I guess I should have probably pointed that out very, very yeah. clearly. But uh, yeah, man, we're coming in pretty late, but uh, we're coming out strong, too. So, uh, you know what? Th- we're closing it off strong. Exactly, man. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. So, I mean, this is another episode and uh, a series of episodes we've been talking about, right? Like, foreign, yeah, too foreign. Too foreign mm-hmm. for here and too foreign for home. Um, and on this episode, we have uh, Osahan, a friend of ours, who comes in uh, to join us and talk about it. And the reason why he's on to share with us is because he's had an interesting background. He's a uh, uh, Nigerian. He was born in Nigeria. Uh Earlier on in his life, he emigrated to Ireland and eventually found himself here in Canada. So uh, his transitions uh, from being a young, I guess, teenager in Ireland and kind of transitioning here was kind of interesting. And it's a perfect, uh, I guess, experience to be able to really talk about this being too foreign for here and too foreign for home. Absolutely. Yeah. Just being like you know being being the black kid in ireland must have been interesting and so we wanted to talk about that but um i mean one of the questions that i guess i think about when i think about black awareness is like how much time do you spend thinking about the fact that you're black right like did you wake up this morning thinking you know what i'm i'm Osai, this black person no you like you don't you're just yeah, a person that's 100 you know? true but um, i did uh think about it uh immediately i pulled up to work there though. you go you know what i mean um and like we we've all definitely had interesting experiences where you're reminded of the fact of y- your skin color just abruptly yeah, yeah. Um, anything interesting happened to you recently uh, not not recently but certainly uh <laughs> Oh, I mean, I, I have sure. been asked, you know, why is it only black people that talk about racism? Or And then, then you're reminded oh. that, holy shit, yeah, this is, okay, I'm the rep. <laughs> like, <laughs> like yeah, yo, yeah. why is this dude, oh, okay, <laughs> yeah. I, see, I see where I'm okay, at. I now, see where I'm now at. Now I got to give you my response. So, yeah, this episode I thought was interesting just to dissect, like, the different angles um, that, that blackness is a thing, you know? And um, as soon as you're aware of the fact that blackness is a thing in juxtaposition to whiteness, then you kind of have to react to it and respond and um, also was great in terms of telling us about his thought process and how he navigates his blackness right. and being black in Canada. So phenomenal. Um, I thought, yeah, yeah, man. I feel like that old idea of him, you know, being black in Europe, being black in North America. I didn't realize that there would be a difference. So there. different, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And a little bit of his perspective on how he handles these things too. Yeah, yeah. It's a great episode. It's, um, it's pretty dope, and I love how you called Ireland Europe too. Go Brexit! <laughs> <laughs> All right, enjoy, guys, enjoy. Okay, yeah, so today we have the one, the only, Osahan Omarabe with us. Oh, thank you, thank you. Osahan, can you uh, tell the people a little bit about yourself, maybe your background or something, you know? Oh, wow, this is a, it's a hard question, I guess. <laughs> it's like one of the... It's like, where do I start? Where do I start? <laughs> yeah, start uh, from the beginning. 
beginning of Musao more of a like Osai just eloquently stated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, probably not the one and only because I've actually been in school with another Osai Morgue before. So. Oh, damn, the last name. <laughs> Same last, the last name. name. Yeah. Oh, uh, so, grew up in Nigeria, moved from Nigeria to, Dub- to Ireland when I was 14, 15, somewhere in that range. Uh, moved to Canada at 21. So, been here for, for a bit now. So... Lived in three parts of the world, experienced three different kinds of things, well, Canada and, and Dublin, uh, yeah, kind of similar. Yeah. There's that big difference from Nigeria to living outside of Nigeria and actually spending your formative years around outside of Nigeria. It's uh, interesting, I guess. Um, I guess I'm just really only talking about what has to do with this topic. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't limit it to that. Like, I mean, although we appreciate the breakdown between the three... Um, Three different places you've grown up, and like people will, will see why why that's relevant a little bit later. Mm-hmm. But like, I mean, also you're you're a friend of ours. We should probably um, you know make that clear. Like, oh, thank um, thank you. I, I was I was I wasn't too sure. I mean, so I didn't want to say that. The way I said your name, you should have known. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the one, the <laughs> one, the one. Yeah. It's like actually, I had one in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, this this topic is is part of our two foreign, um, I guess, series of. Of, of episodes that we kind of wanted to just explore the the gap between you know being Nigerian and being Canadian and being in that weird space. Um, I use Canadian, but you know you can almost relate just being from one place and you know growing up in another uh, and. Uh, what that culture, what that does to you culturally speaking, and the reason we're inspired to have you on this uh, on this episode is we were just kicking in your house and we started talking about race uh, and about blackness. Mm-hmm. Um, and the conversation probably went longer than we can fit into this this episode. Oh, but you had to I'm prob- probably a little bit realer than we kids. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I would encourage you to get super real though. Um, 100%. Yeah, but. I mean, we started talking about blackness and what it means to be black to you now versus what it meant to you to, to, you to be black when you were, you know, 15 or 7, you know, or, or 21 even when you first, like, yeah. came, to, came to Canada. Right. So, like, for me, I think the one big thing is growing up in Nigeria, you don't really, you're not aware of your differentness, if you will, right? Like, um... I guess there's still some tribal stuff in Nigeria, but again, it's not that serious. It's not... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Depending on where you it's, are. It's, it's not that serious in the sense that um, you can't be discreet. It's not obvious, right? You could say outside of, say, tribal marks or, or something like that. It's hard to say exactly with all certainty that I'm looking at somebody and he's this mm-hmm. tribe or that tribe. You need extra information, right? So this is the first time where you're outside of home or outside of a space where it's it's very it's very easy for someone to separate you from the group, right? And it's easy for you to separate yourself from the group, from your psyche. So I, I remember that first time moving into Ireland, going to high school, and um, I, I shared this conversation with you, you guys at the house the last day where the guy that was selling us the uniform was saying, look, man, for you to be successful, you have to work twice as hard mm-hmm. as anybody here. That's that's kind of like the first time that you get that. Again, not to say I wasn't a hard worker when I was in Nigeria, but mm-hmm. I didn't feel like I had to, 
work harder than somebody else for the exact same thing, right? It kind of threw me in a different place. So I, I wouldn't say like I, I thought about it when I was younger. And for me, my, my thinking was it's a lot easier just to kind of put yourself in a position where you just work hard. And if you get discriminated against or if that happens, just ignore it and just put in the work. And yeah, just don't, don't rely on it as a crutch, to, as an excuse to not accomplish what you want to accomplish, right? So you start thinking about that at, uh, at a young age, which is it's entirely different from, I would say that's like a big difference. Um, I actually really like that you mentioned that because we spoke to um, another guest kind of right. on this topic. And one thing he mentioned was at a young age, his mom putting emphasis on how they spoke at home. Context, his family had moved to um, to Houston from Nigeria or to mm-hmm. the States from Nigeria. And one of the things that she had placed an emphasis on was how they spoke, how they pronounced words, um, and them not allowing their pronunciation or their accents uh, cage their mentality in terms of how they saw themselves. So, you know, like it's not quite the same in terms of you're talking about visual um, representation and this is more like just people speaking and how and how you relate, but it's still kind of the the yeah. same vibe of, of making sure that you you feel like you're on the same level, regardless right, right, right. of of what society might be placing on you, right? Yeah, yeah. That, I thought it was interesting because it, it kind of makes you aware. Like when you're talking about, you know, you're gonna buy that uniform from that guy, and he's saying, yeah, I, li- I like, I like, I like that word. It makes you aware. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it brings it to your attention. And the question I had actually was, you know, did you have that? Did he bring you that context, or just like, hey, work twice as hard and kind of leaves? Well, again, it was just it wasn't hey, work twice as hard. It's just it was like very real. It's like, look, man, if you're up for something against someone that's from here, they're going to pick them over you. So you need an edge. Your edge is to be twice as good to be able to get the same thing. So that was the context. The context was like, this is your first day here. Guy, walk hard. Maybe it was just encouragement. Right. <laughs> but again, at the end, it just kind of, and, 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 and just to say the guy was an Indian guy, right? So that's also <laughs> something else that's different is that when you're outside of home, especially when you're out in the West, essentially all immigrants kind of, you have a common identity, right? As being a minority and feeling like you're going through similar struggles, even though you're from different cultures, right? So so for me, that's also the, the first time you're seeing that. Um, going into what you said before, though, Osai, uh, you talked about... Uh, Jeez, I'm, I'm losing, losing my train of thought now. You talked about, there was something I, I didn't want to interrupt you at the moment when you were talking, but I, I totally forgot now uh, my line of thinking. Why was it about the awareness? Ah, I, I remember, I remember now. So it, it had to do, actually it was Falarin that said it, about speaking and how yeah. people spoke. And that's one big difference between um Canada and Ireland, at least for me growing up. So you move to Ireland again, it might have just been age. Mm-hmm. It might just been an age thing or just being more mature. When you're in Ireland, I find that at least when I was there, a lot of Nigerians that were there, we spoke with an Irish accent, right? And coming to Canada, you kind of, I felt like you reclaimed this freedom. 
right? Where you see a bunch of Nigerians just being real, being all like Nigerian like being themselves mm. right and to me to this day still it, it impresses me when I see someone that is new to this country and they're just themselves they don't care you know one way or the other mm. you know this is how I talk take it or leave it that was a big it was a big difference for me right because moving to Ireland you always had to repeat yourself you know nobody seems to understand anything you're saying and moving to Canada that's one big big difference is like you move into Canada you talk to people you see people talk all different accents they're all being heard they're all understanding each other everybody's you know getting, getting along fine so that was that, that was a it was a big change. It was a big change. So even if Ireland's like an English speaking speaking country, the strong accent that they have versus your Nigerian accent just made it very difficult to communicate. I, I feel that way. Yes, I feel like yeah, two strong accents. It, it wasn't it wasn't difficult on my end. Mm-hmm. I could hear what they were saying, but somehow it seems like uh, they couldn't hear what I was saying. But uh, well, at least I felt that way. I should, I should, I should, I should clarify. I felt that way because every time people would ask, you know, like, "Hey, come again, please. Uh, excuse me." Right. Um, so it is true. I mean, so yeah. So you have to repeat yourself again. At the end of the day, what I'm finding, and that's why I I try to emphasize that it might have just been age, it might have been maturity. If if I was, if that was to happen to me now, I just again. I'm comfortable in my skin, right? And over time, people will start to understand you. People will start to kind of just, I guess, these people are new. They're also new. It's a new experience on both sides, right? Like, I can imagine these kids, it's their first time having a kid from Nigeria in their class or hearing a Nigerian accent. So it's entirely new to them as well. So I I, I think the one thing that I, I think was good for me coming up was I never really took it on as, uh, you know, the world is against me kind of thing, right? It was just like, I, I always kind of kept that perspective to myself that, you know, everything is new both ways. And I have this kind of sense of belief that I guess I, I believe that um, human beings are inherently good. And I, I always try to interpret people's actions from that basis, right? I know that it's not always correct. And a lot of times it's a little naive, but it's just more, I just feel more comfortable dealing with that and then being disappointed versus just always being disappointed and then being happy, right? I'd rather my default be happy and then be disappointed every now and again. Okay, another segment. We want to hear your feedback on when you first realized you were black. Okay, I know that sounds stupid. Let me let me give you some context there. Okay, when did you realize you were actually being treated for uh, being treated differently for being black? All right. So was it positive? Was it negative? Um, it would be interesting if there are positive stories, eh? <laughs> but uh, yeah, positive, negative stories, anything, um, something interesting that kind of just totally caught you off guard. Yep. Send it to two takes on the pod at gmail.com or you can send it to us on our social media. That's two takes on the pod on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Peace. That was really interesting when we talked about it previously. Uh, Your perspective on viewing yourself as black 
and how you move into the day, mm-hmm. which I think is what you're when you're talking about individual actions, right? Mm-hmm. So the individual isms that you might face in the day, uh, you may not take it as that. You're just like benefit of the doubt. This person may not be judging me based on the fact that I sound different or based on the fact that I look different. Yeah, cool. and I think you and I kind of had a disagreement <laughs> on a civil on, civil disagreement. <laughs> I was trying to be done again on how to maybe. On, on basically like how we view um, I guess microaggression mm-hmm. um, because I, I think I take the approach of I, I think I now take the approach of bringing a microaggression to someone's attention and saying this is what this represents um, and I'm no longer willing to accept it. That's my current like <laughs> demeanor I guess when I move into the world right and when you had I guess I misunderstood where you were coming from. Not that these things don't exist. You're just choosing to not let that be yeah. the number one thing in which you're sort of you're going to when something happens to you. I had a question and then I just completely black brothers was talking about yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, okay, so I mean that's that's very interesting. So um how do you identify you know, that microaggression versus, oh, this person is just ignorant. Like, are there, like, so for you, when you identify as microaggressions, are there points you're like, wait, maybe this person doesn't understand before you kind of jump in? What's your decision rubric for that? Uh, oh, uh, my decision You know what? I'm not going to say I fucked up, but I'm going to tell the story and then maybe you guys can decide. Okay. So I was in Nigeria and, uh, you know, I had videos going up and stuff and then one of my boys hit oh, me no. <laughs> it's not that bad I promise uh, one of my boys hit me in my Instagram and then he said um, so yo when are you back from Africa and I'm like uh, I'm back from Nigeria in two weeks um, and then my question yeah, uh, and then, you know, uh, we had some other exchange, um, and then he drops the Africa bomb again, instead of, like, after I've already, like, said Nigeria, you know, I've already made it specific, mm-hmm. um, and then he mentions this again, and I don't know, maybe it's because I was in Niger, and, like, I was maybe feeling super, I gotta defend. Super Nigeria. Yeah, yeah, yeah I gotta, <laughs> what the fuck you mean, Africa? Like, <laughs> so, um, so I kind of went on a rant. Uh, on on Instagram, actually the next morning, I chilled. I sat on it, and I thought maybe I'll be chilled the next day. And I was equally as <laughs> equally as hot, yeah. And so, like, I kind of just went on this whole, you know, Nigeria is one specific place in Africa. Like, there's so many countries in these places. It was also around the time where, like, it was a thing that was just occurring over and over and over again that we saw, like, on social media. But if we're talking about decision rubric, right? You know. Well, first of all, this is my guy, so I definitely should have been more like you, <laughs> and just been, hey, maybe he's just, you know, because to be fair, he does call me Papa Africa once in a while, and like, I, as much as I'm like, eh, don't, sometimes it's cool, because it's my guy, and you know that the intentions aren't really from that, right, but, you know, you really do have to chill for a second and see what who, the intention of the person, like who it is, what they're trying to get across to you. And like, what's, what's this, like, read, read the scene. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So I'm definitely rolling with you on that one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, because it's, it's a fair concern, right? But you did sit on it 
<laughs> he actually did sit on it and, and then basically say, hey, we have to clarify this forward. Maybe not just you, for, the for anybody who follows yeah. me and is going to think to ask me, hey, so you're in Africa, mm. you know, when it's tagged Lagos, Nigeria yeah. or something. So I feel like, especially wasn't since it wasn't pointed, you kind of just made this disclaimer for anybody else who mm. follows me and is liking the picture yeah. and wants to reach out. Just know <laughs> and wants to reach <laughs> You know what I mean? I, I think that that kind of makes sense. Yeah. And the reason why is because I, I don't I don't know if it's a microaggression to want to try and clarify in the most soft, respectful way. Like, yeah, I'm in Nigeria, da 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 da. And then basically, this person has now one chosen, either chosen or just not picked up the cue. And then two, they're saying it again. Now at this point, it's having a negative effect on you. Right, so it doesn't mean you have to attack the person that that's for you know that did it or anything like that. But I don't want to have to deal with this again. Mm. And what's the most effective way to communicate that? <laughs> I I feel like it's it's that. Call them out. You know what I'm saying? Like in Iran, that's not directly pointing at anybody. But hey, if you we had this conversation before, mm-hmm. and you feel like this is you, mm-hmm. where you know what I mean? The shoot fits where. Right. Um. At at at. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Trying not to be the, the only guy on the on the good side. Not, yeah. <laughs> on the good side. No, please, I don't think um, for me, I just I again this is kinda like one of the places where I've just like, you know what, this is not the hill I'm gonna die on. Mm. You know? Like for me there's some things that I just feel like, okay, if somebody chooses to be ignorant about something I don't feel like a lot of time it's my place to educate them or you know, like, like for me, I guess it just levels, right? Like somebody sending me a message, how is Africa personally? Again, mm-hmm. this is nothing, nothing to you. It's just like, okay, whatever, man. Yeah. And just kind of like, I, I try not to dwell on it, man. That's not, I got other shit to deal with, bro. Mm. <laughs> that's, that's, that's my, my thinking around that one. And honestly, I think that's fair too. And I think ultimately what it comes down to is that threshold, yeah. right? Like some days you might not be feeling it, but is, I think is, is this, have I done something to help communicate that what you're doing is wrong or not working for me? I think that was done to some extent, right? So so one thing I've realized about myself, and again, kind of maybe falls into this, maybe it's because of this experience of feeling too far, is there was a deliberate decision at some point in time to default to this mode of thinking, right? Right. Which, um, what came with that default is that you're going to look like a a bunch of times, right? Mm. For lack of a better term, Mm. right? Like, and you have to be okay with it. And sometimes I think of it as a benefit and as a flaw as well, right? There's a, a lot of times when you might feel offended, at least personally, I feel offended, but I guess it's, it's maybe a personality trait where I feel offended and my very first thought is not to express my emotions as to why I'm offended or I'm offended at something. My very first thought is to question myself as to what is the person's motive around this. Is the person's intent to offend me? Right. Is the person... Uh, I don't know where that came from and why that happens because I remember there was a time when I was a hothead, you know, like boom, just like thing. But I was, I was probably a lot younger. But at some point in time, I, I made that kind of like conscious decision to take the time, think about the. Um, so my my reactions are usually very delayed. 
Mm. <laughs> well, which you did in this case. Yeah, I, I did really, but yeah, but I, that's admirable. Like, I right. yeah. so I mean, because I think you know, I, it, it's I, it's admirable until you get stepped over several <laughs> multiple <laughs> times. And that's really what I'm, I'm trying to get at because I understand your philosophy. Well, what I'm gauging from, if you're if you're looking at it right now, um, I feel like Florence, like maybe on level chill. <laughs> I wouldn't call it that, right? Well, let's just call it mid, right? Uh, or a high, right? And then uh, Osahong, you're like on low, right? And then for me personally, I feel like I'm on mid. So I, I do that, like I try to, and I feel like you do that too, uh, Farn. I think about it like am I taking this personality because I also feel like I'm going to look like an idiot if he didn't mean anything bad and I go off on him mm-hmm. right so there's a delay thing there but I think it's really with the intention that I kind of fall but before that I think there is a thing as like willful ignorance or I, I, I don't know what the word that's, that's 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 what I subscribe to for a lot of times it's like willful ignorance and it's been done so well now that I've actually now it's it's not willful anymore <laughs> right it's just ignorance well, well you're aware so is it you know what I mean well, the reason why I say willful ignorance is because if let's say I'm trying to explain something to you respectfully and it's not really working mm-hmm. right and it bothers me because I think at the end of the day that's really what it is yeah. does it bother me does it not bother me so maybe for you 80% of things don't bother you, right? For me, I would say maybe it's a 65% or whatever. The older I get, the more I realize that there's actual value in expressing your emotions, at least respectfully, to people. So I actually admire people when they... Because now it's going to be a default. It's, it almost feels like I'm living my life in reverse. Where when you're younger and you're hot-headed, you're supposed to kind of like just react to everything. And the older you get, you're supposed to kind of chill and take your time to react. But I feel now that the older I get, I start to think like, you know what? There's value in actually expressing your... Um, your emotions right and this could go into like relationships and such because it, it again for me it goes into many aspects of my life so you, if you're in a relationship and somebody does something that you don't like but you you take too much time to actually you know set the person straight to say yo this this is not right or mm-hmm. the other way around you know it's gonna eat you up for a bit before you know then right. then the explosion is not just a regular you know it's yeah. it's a big one right so that's that's usually the downside of it too so i i actually do admire when people there's there's a lot of people that are able to just stand up for themselves and just say you know what this is what i'm feeling this point in time so there's like there's two sides to this mm. right but there there should there probably is a healthy balance somewhere mm. yeah and yeah i don't know how we define that but i think we i, I think we we end up defaulting yeah. what society holistically decides is that balance, right? Just let, me, let me explain what I mean, because I sounded dumb as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I, I promise you we weren't giving you a look. Yeah, yeah. Both of them were like, oh. It's like, okay, that's a real. <laughs> Okay, this is what I mean. It, 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 you can think about it like the Overton window, essentially, right? Like what is acceptable um, to you kind of shifts as society shifts. You know, in the 60s, it was acceptable to, you know, yell nigga at someone who's black across the street. Today, 
not so much right um so like you know individually we might have like different thresholds like i I would i would imagine that most most black women who are involved um, in politics or who are just aware of social um activities are less tolerant of things today because you know they feel more emboldened and you know everything sort of signaling that you know speak up we want to hear your voices so they're less tolerant of of things right than they would be five years ago you Mm -hmm. know so i think we kind of like adjust to what society does which is why i think there's an emphasis for people like myself um, to be more vocal about the shit that really is intolerable, even though somebody like you, which is why I thought this was really fascinating because I felt like we were on the opposite side of things, right? Someone like you to balance out and be like, okay, now it's time for, for reason. And I think it's really cool that you're able to also acknowledge too, across the aisle, like, oh, it's kind of cool that you're able to... Yeah, yeah, no, yourself. no, it's it's, it's yeah. good to have some of those people to mix, right? Bro, so. Yeah, and honestly, and like, I think about this too, like, we all kind of have our part to play in this. Um, but yeah, okay, I, there was a question I, I had for you mm-hmm. that is kind of, I wouldn't really call it technical, but it, it's hard to put a finger on. Um, because when we were initially talking about this, the awareness of your, of the fact that you are an other, mm-hmm. right? And you essentially have two paths you can take. You can, you can, you know, realize that you are an other and then just, you know, go about your day mm-hmm. and not let that be a, a limiting factor. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, you can know that you're an other and then use that as an excuse. I don't know if there's, if it's a dichotomy like uh, that. I don't know if it's just it's, two things. It's not but, so much a dichotomy. It's, it's, it's probably a spectrum of things, but let's just have those two buckets, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of termed it when we were talking in my, my mind as like black awareness propaganda, right? Oh my God, you're a black person. Like, you know, be the voice of the black people in this room. Oh my God, you're a, a woman. Be the voice of the women in this room. Because that actually does something yeah. to your psyche. Yep. So for so, you, I was so wondering a lot like, of pressure. Yeah, I was wondering how, how do you how do you dissect that? Like, what's your view on the best way for people to like internalize the fact that hey, more often than not, we're gonna have to be dealing with the fact that you know we're black or we're brown or we're we're representing some sort of so so like group. for me, I I will I will speak from like a personal place where I like to think of myself. <laughs> Not in a selfish way. Just think of it from from my own point of view of what I want to accomplish, what I want to do, and having certain goals for myself to do things just because there are goals for me to reach, right? And not having goals that are like, yo, I want to do this because I want to be the first black this or first African this or first Nigerian. I've never, I've never really again. Maybe it's growing up in Nigeria, and I think I talked about this the last time. That actually kind of gave me that I never really felt the need to be the first, you know, like or anything. Because like, I feel like where I'm from, I've already seen the first of everything. As if yeah, as, as yeah. all the Nigerian presidents are all, they all look like me. Mm. Some of them legitimate or illegitimate, they all <laughs> look like me, you know. So, so like that's not a big thing where you say, "Oh man, I didn't believe that this would ever be possible." Blah blah blah. Um, so I don't. I, I I tried not to think in that sense. I do appreciate it because that and that's where I go back to. So like I think this whole thing started when we had that conversation in the house where we said, um, "Moving to Canada made me." more aware of my blackness than anywhere else I've actually ever been, right? Like, because 
people here kind of stand and and are proud, right? I don't want to. The it's it's a weird place to be because you're kind of in the middle. In in my mind, I never really kind of like identified. I I don't want to say this wrong, so I gotta be careful with my words. No, 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 because because uh, like it's all communication to kind of get across mm. what I'm trying to get a concept to. Yeah. So. so so for me, it was it's really like when I think of goals and things I want to accomplish, it's more like I'm a human being trying to accomplish these goals and do these things. And you move to a place, and there's um, you see. A lot of injustice, and like I had said before, there's been uh, this kind of willful blindness that I had chosen, a path that I had chosen to, and it's almost like an awakening, right? Like, mm. dude, this shit is happening, and some people are just basically they're putting it right in your face, and they're either doing it in a positive way, where they're members of black this and you know like different groups of and associations and trying to better their kind right trying to make sure everybody is uplifted right to give you yourself because you know that you're going through a lot of struggle right like there's a lot of struggle societal struggle um there's a lot of like it's it's not in an entirely just society. Again, I'll say this with an asterisk because I don't feel like I've felt a lot of injustice personally, but we do know from seeing and hearing things in the news that these injustices exist, right? And again, so coming to Canada get, got me to a point where you start to accept that. And a lot of times I ask myself, is it a factor of just traveling? And seeing things from different points of view, or is it a factor of age, right? Like the older you get, the more you think about things, you become more circumspect. Um, so that's that's really where I am. So for me, it's like I think that's where that question came from. As in, how do you accomplish these goals? I default to what do I want to do as a person for me, and not to do it in the sense of trying to of course there's a if I'm being entirely honest there's a there's something nice about doing trying to do something that's against the stereotype of what your people are supposed to do right there's something nice about that but it's an added benefit versus the in, initial goal right yeah I, I want you to kind of clarify the um against the stereotype, the stereotype bit like yeah. what's the what's the stereotypical yeah. so 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 <laughs> this one can get inside very well <laughs> yeah yeah well, I, like, I want to get a sense of that because you if, you if you don't mind me elaborating a little bit you've um kind of talked about the personal choices and then the realization that oh in, in, i might not experience these injustices but these injustices exist they do happen mm-hmm. right um in that there's like a spectrum of responsibility right at what point do you have a responsibility to be more outspoken so these injustices to people who look like you will less like there'll be less of them or you know just just stop don't do that um so i guess that's one thing i want to explore and then again what do you what do you feel is the stereotypical response
you love uh, pieces like that, if you like reading on things like that, please do follow us on Yawa Magazine on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can also visit our website at www.yawamag.com. And if you'd be interested in writing for Yawa Mag, please do reach out to us. You can find us at yawamagazine at gmail.com. Thank you. Now back to the show. Um, grow, growing up in Ireland, there was, at least there was a feeling amongst the immigrant population, you know, there, there was something where if anything negative happened, maybe it just, you're just more aware of the negative than the positives, maybe, but it felt like everything negative that happened, the, the nationality of the person was being highlighted, right? A Nigerian man did this today. A Nigerian man stole whatever. He did this fraud and did that. So it, it it's um it's nice to go again. That's what I meant by uh, stereotype, right? So there was a negative stereotype at least coming up. And I, I guess, again, this also goes to my point about moving to Canada and getting more exposed and seeing people kind of embrace their Nigerianness and do good things with it, right? And I think we had this conversation before, um, or we had the same on the same night, mm-hmm. where I talked about how it's nice that the default um, stereotype for Nigerian now isn't like a front style mm-hmm. 419 uh, Nigerian prince. I think that just based on this new generation, it's changed to a more entertainment focused. A lot of people are listening to Nigerian music, Nigerian movies. I find that now it feels like the needle has moved a little bit, right? But 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 growing up when we were younger in high school and such, there was this. At least to me, felt like there was a you know the stereotype outside of Nigeria, obviously that. Um, most Nigerians are fraudsters or things like that, or of that nature. It's uh, so basically you're working to break those negative stereotypes, and a lot of people, or a lot of us, maybe back home and over in Ireland, are working with that in the back of our minds, as opposed to maybe here, where you have you know African Americans that have been here for hundreds of years, and like you said, other Africans that are feel free and to express themselves. So is it that there was a lack of that in Ireland and basically you kind of carry that, you know, in your head? I, I think it's just a personal thing. I don't think it's like uh, it's a lack of anything uh, in a particular place. I think it's a personal thing. I think what I meant really is that this is how this was my view of the world, right? If I read the newspaper, this is what. That's why I was trying to be careful to say maybe it was just me noticing all the negatives, and you'll notice that a lot of times I try not to kind of choose a side too strongly. <laughs> Uh, maybe it was just me noticing the negatives in and saying, you know what, like, because I, again, I think my brother noticed the same thing. Why is it that when something negative happens, it's not just the person that did this? Why was it always joined with the nationality? What did that have to do with well, anything? This is where I think my militant view on race and colonialism and racial dynamics come in like it's not an accident I don't know those things you know um, those things are designed and construed to one make society view colored and racialized people in a certain way and marginalized people in a certain way um, 
Now, you know, I, I had once had somebody ask me, oh, is there some guy somewhere sitting just saying, oh, you guys are going to hate black people. And then he's just controlling the world in that way. I'm like, I mean, you can view it like it's a comic book or you can just look at the history of the world and just see how systems and systematically that is what's happened. It might not be, you know, an intentional like this is what we're going to do, but your actions will speak know, 10 times louder than your words will, right? And the actions of systems from time, you know, have been in that way. So when, like, you know, if we're going to tie it back to, like, responding to microaggressions or, like, just being in Western society, right? That's kind of like, you know, again, to tie it also to your comment about awakening, because I didn't always feel this way. You know, I also grew up in a place where, like, I was one of seven black people, you know, the school of thousands of people, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I have been directly and indirectly other, and that will change your perspective of self. And then you come here and then you learn things and then you see how the world is, you read about these injustices, and then you kind of have to decide how you want to live your life, right? Like how you want to respond to the things around you. But like, you know, if you're talking about oh, it's a Nigerian man or a Muslim man or a this, that, I don't think that's by accident. Like people, people who write these headlines, who work in newsrooms, right? Mm-hmm. They know what will get clicks yeah. and they know what won't, all right? And then you make a decision on how you're going to, and sometimes it's just a matter of fact. This person is a person that is from Nigeria, mm-hmm. cool, right? But, you know, th- there are studies on this, right? On how somebody who is a non- how am I going to phrase this? Like non-Muslim, non-black, or like somebody who's a white male, for example, gets characterized differently than somebody who's a black male, even though they're just both male with you know one highlighted. So, yeah, that's. I think that's just my general comment in regards to in regards to that. Yeah, I mean, um, this whole like the what we're talking about was basically the impact on whether or not. <laughs> Black awareness propaganda is a positive thing or really negative. I, I, I think I think using the word propaganda just kind of just makes it give, makes it sound negative. Yeah. Right, right, right. But the, the <laughs> idea is just basically making an effort to to make you aware of us. Mm. Right? Like I feel like you know, when we're talking about Ireland, that's somewhere where you know, it might make sense to for somebody to take on that mission. Maybe it won't be us, mm-hmm. someone who's willing to fight every single way to make people understand that like this is not cool. This is these assumptions you're making aren't okay. Mm-hmm. So I feel like in places in certain places, I'm not gonna I've not been to Ireland, maybe you can speak to that, but um it's not pe- black people don't have that voice. They don't feel as comfortable, or immigrants in general don't feel as comfortable speaking and sharing their voice as opposed to what you see in the US and what you see in Canada, where, like, as you said, people came here and they were just being themselves. Yeah. And it, there is a cube that we are following, right? There's a thing that we're, we, when we get here, we see that, okay, it's not bad because almost everywhere we go, we are like, mm. <laughs> I'm not sure how they feel about us right so I think you know and we kind of talked about this earlier that it can be good if it's to make things better for us if it's to you know create more awareness to give people better opportunity or a fighting chance when they're being discriminated right when it becomes about you know 
looking for a problem, looking for an issue. That's right. That that's when it's 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 kind of working against us, and, and it really ruins our credibility, right? For me, I think like the the taking on a fight. It's interesting. That's、uh, I think again. That's something that's personal for people to choose.、Mm. And this is and that's why again, personally, I think if somebody wants to take on this fight, I'm not willing to take on the fight. Right. right? I've kind of chosen the things I'm willing to do. But I think just in your action every day, you could show and fight your fight in a silent way. Right. You have people that work with you that you shape their opinions of what a Nigerian person looks like. It might be the first Nigerian they meet. It might be the twentieth that they meet. You know, you have a way of shaping people's mind. There was something that was always said to me when I was in in Ireland, and it was said to me by、um, other Africans, non-Nigerians. I was like, "Oh wow, you're a very different Nigerian, right?" Like, and it was it's, it was kind of strange to me because it's like, okay, there's like a few hundred. It was like 190 million of us, but at the time it was like 150 million of us,、mm. and you've only seen a few people. What makes you think that you could categorize everybody, paint everybody with this one brush stroke? By that, what they mean? They're like, oh, Nigerians, because I always ask, like,、oh, what do you mean by I'm different? Oh, Nigerians are usually like loud, and they're usually this and the other, right? And so, to me, it's just it's it's just one of those things where I feel like just being yourself、mm-hmm. and showing people the just just it's like evangelism, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Like you're basically the ambassador. Yeah, you're basically you're always an ambassador, right? right? And sorry, I, I just sorry before you move like past it.、Um, so the are you a or、oh, you're not a normal Nigerian? Yeah. Comment or remark was that you said it was typically from Africa, yeah, and it made you sort of question it and be like, okay, well, what do you think is a normal insert term here?、Uh, did you feel the same way when asked the same type of question from from non non Nigerian? So again, I don't know if it's a matter of being comfortable. So I don't. Think I've ever gotten that question from a non-African,、mm. like a non-black person, right? Because it's a, it's a, it's a, there's a level of comfort that allows you to ask that question, right? Because it's a question that could be construed differently,、yeah. right? Again, because someone can say, "Well, fuck, man, what this guy mean?"、Mm. Right. Versus someone when it's an another African that looks like you, basically is like, and and that's one thing with race is that that I find. It makes people uncomfortable to ask the questions that they're really thinking, right?、Um, a lot of times, you have to give some leeway so people can actually communicate, right? So there are some things that you want to ask, or or a person of a different race wants to ask you, but society has said this thing is. Racist. If you say this, it's racist. But the person is genuinely curious. Hundred percent. Right. I, I I feel like I preach this all the time. <laughs> like if the question is intellectually honest,、mm. right? And what I mean by that is this person is truly ignorant, and they 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 want to know.、Mm-hmm. I feel like we, they shouldn't be 
dubbed or punished for it, right? If if the person is doing it to antagonize or, you know, with wrong intention, then that's a different conversation. But, but that's the difficulty in it is that while intellectually we could think about it personally, I think intellectually it's nice for everybody to have curiosity and ask the questions that they want to ask. Right. Is that a lot of the times you can't tell with 100% certainty which one is a curious question and which one is trying to antagonize you. Mm. Which is fair, right? But like you said, you know, you have to take back and reflect and think about the question that they're asking you. So the way I've gone about it when, it, when like, we're in that sweet spot is I, ask, I answer the question and I try to answer it thoughtfully and then I see the response back. Because if someone is trying to find out something, it might lead into a conversation or it might go somewhere else. You know, sometimes somebody's just making a statement and telling you this is what you are. Yeah. Right? And that's a problem. Right? Now, I may not fight or argue that day, right? Mm-hmm. Depending on how I feel, but... It's Rax next time. <laughs> Straight up. You yeah. know, like, I don't have time. I gotta show up. I'm, I'm, I'm at work today, you know? But uh, that, to me, is really what it is. So maybe it's not the first question. Maybe it's, you know, a few minutes of conversation that mm-hmm. helps you, right? And that's how I try to approach it. Like, yeah. from that perspective. So so I'll ask you guys, I'll turn the, the, have you guys actually ever gotten that because I feel like it's a thing and I feel like we have similar behaviors and I wonder if any of you guys have gotten the same kind of question line of question as like man you, you you guys are different Nigerians oh 100% um, and that's why I ask you if you feel differently when the question comes from uh, different sets of people <laughs> I mean I've been othered by Nigerians in that way oh my god you're not a regular Nigerian what is like what is a regular Nigerian? Uh, in their defense, they're right. I mean, I left when I was young, so there's yeah, certain true. like there's certain things that I just don't understand. Like certain things I just don't do. Don't make um, sense to me. Exactly. Does that make me less Nigerian? I think it's a larger like cultural conversation. Right? Mm-hmm. I don't think so, but you know, some people might, um, and they might want to enforce that they think so on me, which mm-hmm. is where I find a lot of those questions come from. Where I think that question specifically is problematic is when it comes from non-Nigerians or non-black people. Like, oh, you seem like a different kind of black person. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> What's you? <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, like, oh, you don't look or sound like different. You don't have uh, Nigerian music that you and listen to. My question different. is, how do they act? Because right? <laughs> let me put, explain to me what exactly is different. You know, but just going back to the main point, I've definitely dealt with it before. Um, from other Africans, I noticed that it is a level of, there's a level of scrutiny that they've applied before they ask me the question. So it's not like the first meeting. It's yeah, like maybe yeah. after like a month or a few times they've interacted with me that they kind of asked the question. So I get it. I never really take it personally. Yeah. But if it's a white person, what context do you have? But, but, That's the current But then again, it, it goes back to you basically 
leaning out is like you already have relationships with these people before that question is asked. Right. So so again, if the person is of a different race, but you already have a relationship with a person in that you already kind of understand this person's character and know what level of curiosity they have. And of course, if somebody asks me that question, and every time they ask me that question, my default answer is the same as you guys. What do you classify as a regular mm. race, right? right? And I always kind of start from that line. Can I, can I ask you something? Don't you, like... The fact that you're asking back, what do you classify as a regular? I think is like the framing already is like, I already know what you think is regular is a problem. That's why I want to know what you mean. And did you know what I mean? Like, if, if, is that a regular orange? You don't think our other orange is bad. You just go, you know, yeah, it's a big one. Yeah, it's a small one. But like when you talk, you know, maybe it's too simplistic. It's, to it's it because of like, the, it's because that's the way the question was framed. Was framed. Right. Yeah, it's, exactly. So it's, it's almost like you have no option. Like that's the only. <laughs> I'm not gonna try and start explaining to you why I'm different because you're the one that told exactly. Me. It's like so. So I guess it's really trying to answer the question when the person says to you, or it's not really. It's a it's a question. It's statement. challenging the yeah. premise. All yeah. right, you're saying it's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. You're tra- you're challenging the premise, but there are ways to do it. Well, why I say it's a question is because my I'm trying to be neutral in the way I ask the question in that I agree with you in my mind maybe I think well what you think is regular is bullshit <laughs> right <laughs> but I want to kind of here let you explain to me because I may be wrong in what you were talking about regular maybe my, exactly I'm making a presumption as well but I, I really love the like black awareness propaganda um, angle of looking <laughs> so I think I might make this a thing <laughs> oh it's definitely coming out yeah. <laughs> Um, yo, thank you, thank you for coming. Uh, really appreciate having you on the show. Appreciate your perspective and your your honesty too. I feel like when we have this out, we may get uh, some feedback, and we may have to bring you back in to clarify some of your. <laughs> yeah, you can see you see my face already. Just right? um, get ready. I, 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 ready. You don't have to get ready. I, I, <laughs> and that is the episode, guys. What do you think? Oh, yeah, asking me. It was amazing. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was kind of asking the people, but you guys can text me later. Um, oh, I, 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 I liked this episode f- because I felt like he had an entirely different approach to blackness than I do, naturally. Like, uh, yeah, he definitely had a very unique like perspective you know yeah. not just different from you or me or whoever like he, yeah he he definitely give give me something to think about for yeah, sure. I, it's very much tied to his personality too right because he's a very calm reserved dude um but i think it also made me realize that like we all have a part to play you know like black people are not just a monolith right which is, i guess is simple to say in this day and age but it's like if he's if he's choosing um the the path of least resistance right i'm going to be calm about this i'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt mm-hmm. um then it means it leaves room for people like myself to be like um no fuck you and and your intentions um mm-hmm. i'm going to educate you on this and i don't care if you were kind about it or not you know what I mean? Like I, I, I don't know. I feel I just yeah, def- yeah. I mean, I think yeah. You're right. I don't think everybody has to approach it the same way. I, don't, mm-hmm. I actually think it's unhealthy if everybody's approaching it the There's same room way for all of us, right? Really? Exactly. Yeah. I think everybody can handle it the same way they want. You know. I think. Um, so, I mean, so what would you say your like 
you know, takeaway was? Was was it that? Oh, absolutely. I think my my takeaway was that um, that there's room to be outrageous because people like him exist. And actually, you know, I think that people like him are the norm. Like most people aren't outrageous most people aren't going to be in your face about like mm-hmm. they're going to just be like uh oh, i'm going to take it and i'm going to go right and and i mean now we're we're moving the world is moving in a place where you know black people feel more empowered and mm-hmm. will call out bullshit when when, right. when it's time but i don't know if that's their default setting and i think this conversation made me feel like you know what there is a space for for his attitude towards mm-hmm. this kind of stuff but also it kind of empowers me more because it's like for every one of him i want them to be like you know three of me <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I, get, I get what you're saying. And I think that, you know, some fire is definitely necessary. But what I took from his experience, like kind of like, I guess, being in Ireland and then also being in Canada and just kind of comparing everything, it was just like, you know, uh, I can try and fight this in other ways. Mm. So I think, I think that's it. I think like there's a way to fight this by speaking truth to power. And I think that's kind of what you're speaking of in terms of like addressing it and calling out for that person and, and essentially using that moment of that fuck up as a teachable moment. Mm. You know what I mean? And I think that for him, it seemed like he was interested in, um, you know, in kind of like changing a narrative by the way he lived his life. Yeah. Or like the way he approached things. And it's right? so admirable. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. because, yeah, because I think even not calling it out was his way of saying, you know, you think this is going to happen, but it's not. But it's not. You know, you think I'm going to aspire for this, yeah. but I'm not. You know, so I thought that was interesting. It's, it's kind of like, I think what my general take is, I think is make, Making those moments, those moments where you're made to feel black, you know, where you're, when you're made to be aware that you're black, whether it's in a positive or negative manner, but particularly if it's in a negative manner, you use it as a teachable moment when you can, mm-hmm. you know, so that's my take. Still soft. Anyway, if you <laughs> like this episode, <laughs> if you like this episode, please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Our handle is two takes. That's T-W-O takes and a pod. Our music is by Boye. You can find him at 1705MUZIK on Facebook, I believe. Yes, sir. And um, make sure to subscribe um, so you don't miss the next episode. You can find us wherever you find podcasts. That's Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, of course, um, anywhere. This has been Two Takes on a Pod. Thank you for listening. Peace.